Hey, story seekers, welcome to Seeking Stories, where you unlock the secrets of your favorite books and movies. My name is Ryan, and I want to introduce you to a brand new podcast, the Seeking Stories Story Journal. Uh, now, Seeking Stories is already a thing. Uh, if you're not already familiar, it is a YouTube community where my wife, Kristen, and I, we take a look at various books and movies, and we unlock their secrets. We figure out what works and what doesn't, uh, primarily from a storytelling uh, perspective. And we've been doing that for about a year and a half now, and we have a great community over there. Uh, but we want to start a podcast um, for really for a main reason for me. Um, I love reading and I love watching movies. And uh, for me, I can't talk about everything I read or watch on the YouTube channel. There just isn't enough time to film and edit and do the thumbnails and the uploading and the descriptions and all that. Um, but it pains me a little bit because there's these things I want to talk about and share with you guys. So the idea presented itself to start a Seeking Stories story journal. Now, this is not the Seeking Stories podcast. That is something that is different. Uh, it's something that Kristen and I started a while ago, and we are actually restarting it in May. We have the first episode of that, of the, uh, the Redux, the Seeking Stories podcast Redux uh, recorded already. Uh, so that rolls out, um, I think it's the second Monday in May. Um, it is May 10th that that should be coming out. We have an episode on Senlin the Sens coming out, the fantastic novel by Josiah Bancroft. Uh, but this Seeking Story Story Journal is like a podcast spinoff where um, I may primarily, Kristen might join me here and there, um, but I kind of talk about on a daily, a weekday basis, uh, the things that I've read and watched in the last day, usually read. I don't have a lot of watch time these these days. Uh, and then I can kind of just kind of give my thoughts and my notes on it and uh, in a little bit of a more, maybe not personal way, uh, but a little bit of a more of a micro breakdown way. So I can say, you know, this is what I thought about this chapter. And I'll try to do it in a non-spoilery way and a spoilery way and clearly denote uh, the difference between those um, and through the podcast. So um, my hope is that if you are already part of the Seeking Stories community and you have a few minutes to spare, uh, that you would uh, join me in this journey of continuing to break down stories that we love. And if you're brand new, welcome to Seeking Stories. We have a fantastic community. You can check us out by looking at our, up our YouTube channel. It's just called Seeking Stories. Uh, we have a wide variety of bookish and movie-ish uh, content there uh, primarily. We haven't really delved into uh, TV or plays that much yet, but we do want to incorporate that into our repertoire, as it were. As it were. Um, so uh, the uh, goal is for these uh, podcasts to be around 10 minutes or less uh, per day. I'll try to do them around Monday or through Friday or so. Knowing me, there's going to be some days that I just am not able to get to it just because life happens and um, some days I just don't read anything. Uh, much to the shock and awe of some of my um, booktube friends uh, who read entire books in one day. And yes, there are those of you out there that do that. And I'm very impressed and I wish I could do it, but you know, maybe, maybe someday. Uh, but I'll probably at least start out these episodes um, just talking about general uh, life uh, and how it relates to, to storytelling and how I get into the reading or watching of the day. And one thing I do want to talk about today, this kind of a fun story, is um, I hit, dug a hole this past weekend. Um, I've always liked digging holes. Um, I've always loved the idea of buried treasure. Uh, treasure Island is always a, a favorite story of mine growing up. Um, and I was not digging a hole to find buried treasure unfortunately. There is a bush on the side of my house that I just cannot get rid of. And every year I trim it down and it just comes right back up. So I decided once and for all, I'm going to get rid of this thing by digging it up from the roots. So I spent Saturday morning literally 
trying to dig it up from the roots. And because the roots were so deep, I had to kind of dig this like huge radius around it, but I couldn't dig away all the way around it because um, it's like literally right up next to the house and some of it goes like under the house. So I dug this big hole and there's like roots that stretch like 10, 12 feet in any direction. And I'm like chopping and hacking them off. And the reason I'm doing, I was doing it this past Saturday is because it had rained and the ground was moist enough. Unfortunately, I have not succeeded yet. I'm going to return to it this past weekend after about three or four hours. I just said my arms just are killing me and I just, I need to come back and fight another day. The, the bush was slightly victorious, but it was a pyric victory. It will be defeated. All that to say, it gave me a great appreciation for that scene in the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring movie, when the orcs of Isengard are ripping down the trees in Orthanc. And I know it's a terrible thing because it's like one of the worst parts of, I mean, not the worst parts of the story, but it's a very sad part of the story. It's, you know, Tolkien, while this scene was not in the book, it was implied that this happened, that they just ripped up the forestry around it. And it's something that Tolkien saw in his own life that just kind of, that just due, the, due to the industrialization of the time, a lot of the places, the scenery that he loved uh, got mechanized and destroyed. And that was kind of a hard thing for him. So it was kind of his reflection in his fantasy world of, you know, the evil wizard Saruman doing something similar. But in the movie, you see them, those orcs just tearing down those trees from the roots like no one's business. And I have to say, it's a lot harder than it looks. And I am only one person and I'm not an orc, so I can't really speak much. But this little, little tiny bush, goodness gracious, it it got the better of me. But it shall, shall not win in the end. <clears throat> um. But all that, going into uh, the weekend, um, we did a little bit of a grocery shopping. And one of the things that Kristen had been listening to in the car was a radio drama of Anne of Green Gables. And I love Anne of Green Gables. I've only read the first two books. Um, and I've only read them both once. I read them when I was 15. And um, I remember we I read the book and then my family and I watched the movie. And I gobbled up the second book. <laughs> and my mom was like, oh, you guys are getting that movie for Christmas. You can you can wait six months to watch it. I'm like, no, I want to get it from the library. And she's like, no, I want it to be a family thing. And so I I was frustrated as a 15 year old because 15 year old me could not watch Anne Green Gables the sequel, and that was not okay. But I would try to be good about it, and I think we watched it the day after Christmas that year. Um, so it, it has a special place in my heart. It's just such a wholesome story, but it's not just that. It's a story about someone who has gone through a lot in, in her life. Um, and the resilience and the bravery and the courage that she uses to overcome life circumstances. Um, of course, the character being Anne Shirley. And uh, we listened to the we listened to the radio dramatization, which is fantastic. Um, if you haven't heard it before, it is done by Focus on the Family Radio Theater. It is not a straight adaptation in the sense that it's not an audiobook. Uh, it is it truly a uh, you know. Um, a radio, uh, uh, sorry, I can't even think the word right now. I will get better at this podcasting thing, guys. It is a true dramatization. That's the word I'm looking for. Where um, they cast voice actors and their sound effects and a whole musical score. And there isn't really narration. Um, they kind of fill in the blanks a little bit with characters kind of saying kind of things that aren't in the book as far as dialogue, but they took you know, narration and crafted it into dialogue. Um, so I just think it's brilliant. Um, it's a brilliant adaptation of the story. It's just so heartfelt and um, just warming. It's about a, a four-hour-long adaptation, so it still does cram in a lot of the story. <clears throat> um, one thing I loved about it 
Um, so we went to, um, to back up a little bit. We went to um, a few different, uh, you know, grocery stores and did our errands on the weekends. And my kids, uh, one who is four and one who is two, I mean, they don't understand the story, but we put it on and they were enthralled. And I, I know my two-year-old did not understand what was going on at all. But every single time we stopped the car, he's like, more story, more story. And it just, it, it broke and warmed my heart at the same time. One, because I don't want to deny him his stories. But two, just the fact that they understand where stories are. And, you know, he was listening. And even though he didn't understand it, you know, I'm assuming he didn't understand it. He still understood that a story was happening. and He loved that. And that's something I'm trying to instill. And in, Chris and I are both trying to instill in our kids so much is the importance of stories and how stories can change one's life, literally. And just how they can encourage us during, you know, the ups and the downs um, of life. I, I think most of us who read <laughs> have found comfort and solace in, in a book, um, sometimes to greater, a greater or lesser extent for sure. Um, but Anne Green Gables is, is definitely one that, and I've heard from many people who just, you know, maybe had a rough upbringing or had things going on in their life. And Anne Shirley's resilience in the story just helped them kind of get through a lot. Um, so that's one uh, book I highly recommend. Um, I've also been working through Out of the Silent Planet. Uh, my good friends, um, Christy Lewis from Dostoevsky and Dostoevsky in Space and Victoria from a Musical Bookworm. Those are both YouTube channels. If you're new to my channel, um, I've done uh, kind of like read-alongs with them, live streams with them, and they are great people. And they're doing it with a few other people, this read-along of C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. Uh, Victoria is the, the primary host. And... Um, yeah, they want to read through the space trilogy, which I think is is great. I, I love the trilogy. I've read it through once. Um, I read Out of the Silent Planet first, I think around 2005 or six, and I haven't read it since. And it's just really fun getting back into the book. Um, I have it here with me. And um, it, it's interesting because like it's, it's C.S. Lewis, but he writes more in the heightened language style that you might get from like mere Christianity and not heightened language like classic literature. But it's not, you know, it's not line the witch in the wardrobe, easy reading. Um, this definitely takes some concentration um, to read. But the prose is just so gorgeous. I mean, C.S. Lewis, you just his stories come alive through his writing. And if you've never read um, Out of the Silent Planet before, I mean, it's it's science fiction. It tells a story about uh, a man who basically travels to this planet called Mal Malachandra. I believe it's how you pronounce it. Um, Malachandra. Yes. His name is Dr. Ransom. I'm not going to tell you how he gets there, but it's interesting because it takes a look at, you know, science fiction space travel after the time of like Jules Verne's, Jules Verne rather, uh, but only uh, 15, 20 years or so prior to the actual, when the actual space mission started, maybe even less time than that. Uh, and it's interesting to see, you know, his ideas of space travel and how they were definitely um, influenced by people like Jules Verne but how they he kind of, I mean, did not got things right, but had some ideas that were similar to what actually, you know, happened as far as space travel is concerned. Um, speaking pretty loosely here. Uh, but that's a book that I definitely uh, recommend trying. It, it, it's different for sure. If you're used to Narnia, you're not getting Narnia. And that's one thing that shocked me um, in the mid 2000s. I'm like, oh, this isn't Narnia at all. And, and it's not, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. But it has that same glorious, prose and those philosophical musings, undertones, if you will, that I just think are fantastic. Um, finally, I am also still making progress on Rhythm of War. This is the fourth book in Brandon Sanderson's epic 10-book saga, The Stormlight Archive. Only the first four books are out, so if you are 
the type of person that only likes to read books when series are complete, you might want to rate another 10 to 15 years or so. Um, but this is a fantastic story, and I really don't want to get into it too much in this episode, one, because it's already going too long, uh, but also uh, just because um, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I want to handle spoilers in this podcast. I may be breaking up the podcast between a spoiler-free and a spoiler section, but I will say that if you enjoy uh, epic fantasy um, and don't mind an excessive amount of world building, this is the story for you. Um, the characters are spot on. And the thing that I love about Stormlight Archive is the thematic elements are excellent as well as its uh, exploration of things like, for example, mental illness, um, but from the perspective of epic fantasy. Uh, the prose is not C.S. Lewis. Um, there are many other fantasy writers who have much more artistic prose without getting into purple prose, but you know, just kind of, it feels good and nice to read it. Sanderson, don't get me wrong, he has some great sentences and some parts in there like, yeah, I like that line. But if you're the type of person who just loves prose, this might not be the book for you, but it definitely makes up for it by wonderful uh, characters, themes, and world building. And Sanderson writes action scenes like no one's business. The prose isn't bad, don't get me wrong. It's still good. But all that to say, it's not, you know, going to be the most, you know, it's not C.S. Lewis, ultimately. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this first episode of the Seeking Stories podcast. Lord willing, I will uh, see or hear you guys uh, tomorrow with another uh, update where we continue to talk about stories and such. Uh, thank you so much uh, for listening. And again, you can find uh, me and my wife on the YouTube channel Seeking Stories if you want um, kind of more of a backlog of in-depth analysis. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you tomorrow. Thank you.